0: This recording was made on Goringai Country, Northern Beaches, New South Wales.
1: It's the only way that you can describe what a person is. Describe what they do. There doesn't seem to be much job satisfaction or pleasure in this picture.
0: Tonight on Self Talk starring Um Roland Davies alongside Um the other Roland Davies Featuring Um there's shitloads more of us. Are we really gonna keep doing this or no? Can we get started? We can! Yes! We're in, guys! We're here! And and obviously we had to start it with some of that theme music, which um, thanks YouTube um, once again. And, and anyway, how are ya? Please tell me that you're like me and just in this state of utter delirium, actually. Because this run of Swell has just... It's been like... I, I don't know if I can speak English anymore, actually, is what I'm realizing as I try it. Um, it's been so good. Yesterday, we need to talk about yesterday immediately. Yesterday, everywhere was firing. And and it was one of those days that just like uh, really limits your ability to communicate clearly, clearly. So we're back and we're feeling really grateful for that, actually, because today, like it's still pumping. It's. I know it's pumping out there. I've checked it a few times this morning, but I'm kind of in no real rush, which is so weird. Usually, I'm so frantic and so twitchy to get in the sea after working in the morning and whatever, thinking about it all day and being unable to. And now, for the first time in maybe my whole entire life, I, I, I like I'll get there. Like I'm still pretty frothing. Like I'm now. I'm talking about it again. Um, no, actually, I'm still pretty. I'm still pretty relaxed. It, yesterday was just one of those days where you walk away just full of something that you that just got injected straight into your chest from the sea, because it like it just rings through your whole body. Those kind, that kind of energy and those kind of conditions, and it's just like one of those amazing days for the books. And and you know something, if I don't stretch nowadays before I go surfing, I get a sore back. And I'll tell you what that is. That's a champagne problem. Yes! <laughs> Self-talk with Lucky Roland, home of the champagne problems. But the stretching thing has become like more and more essential. But I feel there's this weird thing about um, doing too big of a routine, I suppose, on the beach... If, like if I see somebody, it's so weird because it's like being a cyclist where like I'm a cyclist, but I hate cyclists as well. And, and I need to stretch now because I'm an old ancient man, apparently. Um, and if I don't, I'll get a sore back and sore other things. Oh, dude. And cramps recently. That sucks, man. <laughs> when your whole body is cramping and the surf is cooking because you haven't drunk enough water because you're five years old as well as being an 87 year old man. It, it's anyway, I need a stretch but so I so I get it and I and I do it <laughs> but still I get I get a smirk on my face when I see a, a a fella taking it too seriously basically actually that's all it is. It's like stretch but don't take it too seriously because some people's routines on the beach is like okay man are you here to surf or are you here to show off because you look fantastic you look amazing and and, and we've all seen you now so it's cranking jump on in. <laughs> but but also that's me sometimes it's me if i don't want to get a sore back and and that's why this is the home of the champagne problems so i've been stretching a lot because i've been surfing my ass off and and i do it and uh and then halfway through it i'm like hey rolls calm down you're not Mick Fanning. it's all good like do it like it's good for you and everything yes you're being mature but also just calm down calm down Uh, anyway, that it's just been like, it really has limited my ability to communicate today actually, cause it's afternoon now, which obviously follows the morning. And in the morning I did a lot of talking and I managed to do it somehow, but it was just this weird flotation, um, to like, to the next, uh, side of the conversation that I was having. Do you know what I mean? I think you probably know what I mean by that, um, completely insane attempt at a sentence. Um, but it. What I mean is I've been like, just, yeah, just on a complete high. It's crazy. And wow, what a timely um, thing to happen. So that I will then spend a f- few good minutes of both of our lives here talking about it. Great timing after um, the other day's conversation with Rob O'Hara from Waves of Wellness, which was just like such a buzz, man. That was one of those really cool chats that, because the it's a hard thing, like just sitting down. And having a really raw chat into some microphones straight off the bat. Um, But what a safe pair of hands that guy is. And so thanks again, Rob. And it's worth a listen if you haven't listened to it yet. Because surfing really is. Maybe it is. Bear with me here as well if you get offended. Um, Or... (laughs) No, hopefully you won't. But like, we've talked about maybe the ocean is Jesus Christ. And that... The, the whole oceanic um, thing as far as acknowledging the ocean as the life support system for this crazy spaceship and therefore doing pretty much everything you consciously can to um, preserve it and everything like that. Maybe that's pretty much the Bible. No, it's not the Bible. And I don't want to, no, it's not, we're not going to go through the, the books, but it's its own thing. That's very religious. That's for sure. I'm confident in saying that. And part, a big part of that is the mental therapy that comes from this long relationship with this inanimate thing. And sorry, with this, I don't know, it's like with this being that's beyond animated because it's the whole machine of nature keeping us alive. And to sit out in the sea is sometimes just like sitting in church. Maybe the ocean is Jesus Christ, um, and so maybe. And sorry, I've segued over here from that conversation with Rob. I'm sure Rob probably wants to distance himself from whatever nonsense I'm about to say. Um, um, but but there is a sense of like religious purpose in in surfing and the mental health benefits of of having that foundation to your spirituality, I suppose. We don't really talk about it much, probably for the same reasons that there's this unspoken macho agreement that there's certain topics that us surfers are a bit too um, busy, cool, important, whatever to talk about which is often um, like whether you're a tool for doing too much stretching on the beach and stuff. But is also I think this insane it covers this insane spiritual thing that we all share out there because you build your own relationship but it is a relationship and actually speaking of in in context of this wild day yesterday there's a bank at North Stain which has just been the sand at, the, at the, on the whole stretch has just been insane ever since that big rain at the beginning of autumn and this one bank in particular just has this formation for a left that's been cranking at every size beginning at two foot last Tuesday I was surfing it on a finless board and going oh far out this is actually drawing pretty hard off this weird piece of sand and just escalating into yesterday which was just like eight foot cylinders throwing wider than they were tall like that I've never seen it do that oh my god it was amazing um but this piece of sand is almost like at it's like a still a macro representation of this super macro thing that we're talking about being the ocean and nature as a being, a deity that spiritually is offering us this scaffolding to our religious life and everything as surfers. Um, that's the that's like the big mama animal, um, the big one, and then smaller within that, a smaller animal is still part of the, the whole... Um, I guess four or five dimensional being that we're talking about by now, four or five millions, um, billions, infinite, infinity, um, whatever it is, a piece of sand is also a being, I think. Like thinking, I'm thinking of it literally like an animal, this one bank that's been at North State. It's, and it's so weird to interact with this very mobile, dynamic, constantly shifting um, thing that's not an animal and is also not a plant and is also not really any like being of sentience that we're familiar with, but you're communicating with it, you're interacting with it. And taking something away from it is, I think, the kicker in this whole thing. That's the smoking gun in my Jesus Christ is the Ocean Bible theory situation here. The smoking gun is that you walk away from that experience like with something, it's not like in a bag on your shoulders or in your pockets or anything, but it's definitely something. And it's weird because you've just surfed for six hours and you shouldn't have all of this energy after doing that. That's what it is, it's an energy thing, which is why I'm gonna basically leave it there. Because how on earth (laughs) are you and I gonna actually agree on what energy is? That's a huge conversation, but not if you're in parliament. Energy's pretty straightforward there. Cheap as possible, quickly as possible. Thanks. That's how we roll, apparently. Australia. And you know another thing that I was thinking about the Bible, actually? Um, and I asked a really religious friend of mine who has sung in the choir of the same church for 45 years. Yes, John. John I go to John, I was like, hey, mate, how come no books of the Bible were written by women? Because that doesn't sound like, you know an equal opportunities workforce and everything if you ask me and he didn't really want to talk about it and stuff but it's something i've noticed real nice gordon ramsay goodness hasn't haven't we been getting carried away with gordon Ramsey recently this merits this merits um, some discussion I think sorry and this is you can actually probably go because this is to do with me and all the other me's um, including the ones that may need to listen back to this in the future um, through the time machine as discussed last episode Um, the Gordon Ramsay situation I've been watching I've been watching furious amounts of Gordon Ramsay. I think there's I think that's sort of part and parcel is you absorb a bit of the rage and therefore, or well, certainly in my case, my consumption has felt equally like, um, not vigorous, that's a weird <laughs> word to choose, but it's definitely been busy. You know, it's been, it's because there, I'm there to do a job, which is to learn from, from, from Gordon Ramsay about how to get through to the world's most obstinate and often most inept people ever. Because he does it. He just manages to do it every time, even against the most stubborn chefs, of which there are far too many for it not to be slightly staged it must be they must set a few of these guys up and say hey man gordon ramsey's coming here because he thinks your food's amazing so so look out for that he'll be in next week and he'll give you a critique yeah and there'll be some cameras around don't sweat it and i reckon they probably the producers and maybe whoever owns the restaurant or something and maybe has the issue with the chef they probably conspire to get these guys ego just fully fired up before ramsey even walks in so chef ramsey even walks in and so, cause some of them are just like, they serve up slop and stuff that is so expired. It's, it's changing color and, and walking away. <laughs> and it's just so gnarly because he's just eaten it. And these guys are like, I don't know what the fuck you mean. And he's just, the way he gets through to people is just extraordinary. So I've got a few more um, samples for you of, um, of recent episodes. Like, how's this guy? Okay. So here's what we're going to do with this one. This is Gordon Ramsay talking to to you, talking to me, talking to your uncle, talking to everybody. Okay, let's just cut to the chase. Talking to all of us about climate change and about our bad habits that we just can't let go of because apparently it's too inconvenient or whatever myriad of reasons exist that we have our heads in the sand this is Gordon waking us up, all right? So we're on the we're on the receiving end of this, all right? So close your eyes, get ready. You should be nowhere near this business. I don't agree with you. I think we should close the doors. I don't think this man actually gives a shit. I, I didn't, I didn't
1: to, call you can, can because it? I want to put the key to can the door. I, if I need you to tell me to put the key to the door, <laughs> I've <would laughs> done that without you okay. coming here. It worked before, why can't it work now? but you're running on nostalgia. It stood still. And yet outside these four walls, the whole neighborhood has overtaken you. You're in love with the memories, John.
0: Dude, you're running on nostalgia. You're in love with the memories. This is coming ad lib in the heat of the moment in the face of of, of so much obtuse, stubborn, like shit, (laughs) And he's just like, summons this magic. You're in love with the memories. God, isn't that just a a sentence and a half? Uh, My head's still spinning. I remember the first time I heard that and I was like, oh shit. There it is. That is actually the summary in six words. That's the six word summary of a thing that I think about Every single day at some point, which is... And and something that you and I have talked about all the time, which is like how much of our memories can we trust? And how much of our memory has been distorted by ego and by, you know, the necessary adaptation of whatever actually happened to make sure we can keep living our lives. And so like, when do you start trusting, stop trusting and begin mistrusting your own memories when it's only as good as the last time you thought about it. And so then hearing Gordon going, you're running on nostalgia. The whole neighborhood's left you behind. I don't know. I just feel like he just comes out with this stuff and I'm like, Australia, Needs to hear this, and um, New Zealand, and I think like SoundCloud said Austria the other day. So amazing um, over there too. We all need to hear it because whilst Gordon uttered it to um, an obstinate chef in in the first instance, the destiny of that piece of English language was self-talk podcast with me and and immortality. That what a clip. Because that's just, that's so us. We're so stuck in the past. I'm reading this quarterly essay that my friend lent me called The Coal Curse. And I'm like, I'm halfway through it. It's pretty dense. It's short, but it's dense. But it's all about how Australia's wealth has been built on the export of fossil fuels and exports in general, but exports of commodities and how when the world stops buying fossil fuels, what happens? And it's really scary for a complete economic, um, for a complete economic rookie. Wow, it's fucked up when you try and put the syllable in the wrong um, pronunciation. For an economic rookie like me, it's really scary to think. Okay, well, what happens to Australia then? What happens to to everything? And I just I feel like we don't really talk about that very much. Um, insofar as we prefer to just like burn heaps of unnecessary gas and sell off drilling ter- territory along the great ocean road for exploration and stuff. And we do this weird stuff where it's like, I feel like we're John, guys. We are John, not the John um that I talked about before, but the John in that, um, that clip who's in love with memories and who's not thinking forwards and thinking, okay, well, this is beginning to work for us less and less. I don't know if you saw, and you might not have, because for me it was kind of conspicuous that this wasn't reported on the ABC, but Australia ranked last out of 193 countries in the UN for climate action, dead last. And that, I mean, like, what the fuck, man? How bad is that? We have so much opportunity to do so much better than that. And meanwhile, we're pushing forward with the gas-led COVID recovery. And it's just crazy. And it's particularly crazy as well with um, Barnaby Joyce, a.k.a. Juicy Sausage Face, is now our Deputy Prime Minister. Because that guy, like, I don't know if you listened to that episode, Juicy Sausage Face, but it was exploring potential avenues, why our politicians, basically exploring, is it possible to forgive um, our politicians for... Selling our environmental future the way they are. Because I would love that to be the case. I would love to rationalize climate denial. God, that would give me a lot more sleep. <laughs> but so far, no one's really coming to the table with that, and much less um, we're the world's second largest coal exporter and everything. I think we're just in love with the memories of getting rich through that stuff. And like, we're all complicit as Australians as well. That's the shittiest thing about it for me is that no matter what, we're all complicit. We're all Australians. That we're We're only as strong as our weakest shit, you know, and we're all in it together. So talking to the rest of the world like a footy team, I mean, we're not going to have a lot to show for out. We don't already have anything to show for ourselves pretty much, and we won't have much in the future at this rate. So with Barnaby Joyce now in um, in the second top um, vice-captaincy of the team, Um, it made me remember this really bizarre clip of his that I I looked up again, and I'm going to play for you. It's a selfie video uh, that he took on Christmas Eve, I think, and we'll just talk about it afterwards.
1: Well, you probably wonder what politicians do on uh, Christmas Eve. Well, when it's drought, big cattle. Now, you don't have to convince me that the climate's not changing. It is changing. My problem's always been whether you believe a new tax is going to change it back. This is the guy with the cold. I just don't want the government any more in my life. I'm sick of the government being in my life. What? Yeah, and the other thing is I think we've got to acknowledge Wait, what? Is, You know, there's a higher authority that's beyond our comprehension. And right up there in the sky... And in the ocean. Unless we understand uh, that... That's got to be respected. Then we're just fools. We're going to get nailed. Oh no, well, politics. you probably wonder what our politicians do on uh, Christmas yeah, Eve. Yeah, thank you. Sorry. Well, well, I don't I know where it is to start. Sorry.
0: Doesn't he sound like a little bit like drunk hey, or something? They probably wonder what it is politicians do on Christmas Eve. Sorry, that's unfair because we're not here to just um, do silly voices. We are here a lot for that, though. Like definitely, Well, um, not just that, and that, like, what a profound video, that is the most human that I've ever seen that man, because in the very same, like, day as watching that, what I wanted to look up next, didn't really know where to search it, and thank goodness, um, Sarah Wilson reposted it, I'll put a link to it so you can watch it, but it's a really short clip of him in the hallways of Parliament House, someone's asked him about 50 years time or 2050 or something. And he's like, well, tell you something, I'm not going to be here in 50 years. You're probably not going to be here in 50 years. None of us are going to be here. but And then it cuts out. And you're just like, what? How could you possibly say that? Don't you have kids? Don't you know someone with kids? Hey, Barnaby, haven't you ever seen a kid before? Wow. Like what a crazy thing for the now vice captain to be saying. Vice captain of Australia, What a what a bizarre clip. And and I love the reference to the holy power in the sky who's gonna nail us if we don't respect it. But it but it's also like and I'm not I wanna be really clear here that I'm not here to like bully a human being or even criticize a politician. I'm like here to just discuss that anomaly because he posted it on Twitter. So clearly wanted to communicate it, but it, but also like does his job like a different human being, and then speaks about hating the government and wanting less government in his life. I mean, what a tortured, horrible um, thing to say, and far out. It, there's just so much fucking weirdness in Australian politics, and it just makes me so disengaged to think. Well. There's just no getting through to these dinosaurs. They're all, how is the Liberal Party a bunch of old white conservative men? How That doesn't sound that liberal to me because I've seen liberal arts schools and what have you. I've been to Newtown. That's a pretty liberal place. And, and there's probably the least amount of like old white fellas in suits there than anywhere in the world. And you guys are the Liberal Party, huh? Weird. That's um, you, like you know what the word means, don't you? Oh, you do. Oh, oh, so weird. So you want to announce yourselves as the liberal party, as in the blokes who care, the sensitive ones, the 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 Backstreet Boys of um of national leaders and and sensitive to progressive issues and the future of our kids. Have you guys seen? kids, you know, there's like, you know what, like the smallest, the smallest ones, the smallest um, humans around you that most of them are children. And, um, they're, they're actually way younger than the rest of us. And, um, and they get, they uh, obviously grow to, um, the prehistoric age of you one day, hopefully though, hopefully, because they might not get there um, with all the stuff that you're doing. So, so anyway, so sorry, you're explaining why you're the liberal party who, who really cares about stuff. Wait, no, we were talking about whether you know what that you do know what the word means. You wanna be the Liberal Party anyway. To to wow. That's that's some deep shit. You've guys have thought about this and 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 I'm terrified.
1: An hour into dinner service, and the overly embellished dishes finally emerge from the kitchen.
0: Mike tries to presentate the food real nice. What's this crack here with Calamara and Martini glass? An hour into question time, and the overly embellished policies begin emerging from the cabinet. The Liberal Party tries to presentate the law real nice. What's this crack here with the brand new coal mine in 2021? I mean, right? Like, you guys get it, I think. I think you get it now. Like, you. Oh, man. Juicy sausage face. What are you on about, dude? We're, like, who are you, dude? Who are you? Because you are living a public life and representing everybody by your very character because that's what elections are. So how about you tell us who you are, mate? If you know him or you got his number or something, um, flick in my details because I'm keen to have a chat one day. That goes for actually like pretty much... Anyone who you think I might have a good time talking to and not a good time as in like, like I said, wanting to ostracize a politician here, but wanting to just have a real chat and get to the bottom of some shit, you know, get to the bottom of real human stuff that has been lost under all the bureaucratic alien machinery. I'd love to talk to those people. And even same goes for a climate denier. Because what I said before, I really mean as much as I would love, I would love, 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 love to be convinced that climate change is bullshit. I would love it. God, I would love it. Think about that. Imagine getting to live your life without any fear of your footprint and and, and potentially destroying the planet by very small everyday harms, <laughs> and and just not even thinking about it for a second, let alone all of the seconds, in all of the minutes, in all of the hours, in every fucking day. You imagine that. You just get to, I'd go out and buy a V8 straight away. Oh my God. Yes, that would be amazing. I would go and finance. No, I would go and test drive, sorry, all the V8s. That's what I'd do. That's what I would do. That's why you listen is because what we do here is synthesize important, realistic thoughts. (laughs) And one of those is in the hypothetical, completely impossible future of emissions and climate change and um, global warming and everything not being real. That the obvious thing to do would be to go and test drive every V8 you can see. And and I uh, you've probably finished writing that down by now, so we'll move on. But um, it's always good to just like note down exactly why we listen to this podcast. That we we met another amazing character on Gordon Ramsay. By the way, we met a guy who's just a complete ring in to this failing cafe because he's the new boyfriend of one of the um. The, she was a waitress at this restaurant and then bought it. And then I think they made it a cafe or something, but it's failing. He's the new boyfriend. So he's just there to be on deck and help. And I my immediate assumption about this guy, for some reason, was like ex-inmate. And for some, he just had parole like written all over him for some reason. Because he was like too nice. Way too nice and way too rough around the edges. And... I'm not saying he's a bad guy or anything. And in fact, I think he's probably a really good guy. And anyway, we got a few really good clips from him. Stop. Stop. Right.
1: On a scale of one to 10, rate the food in the restaurant.
0: Oh, he's at the yeah, end of this one. Seven. Six and seven. I
1: would have said six.
0: Half it and take two away and you, you're on my mark. <laughs> so sad, Personally, bitch. I
1: like the food. This guy. But what the f*** do I know? I was a bricklayer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Personally, I like the food, but what the f*** do I know? I was a bricklayer. You know what I'm saying?
0: I just love this show, man. Kitchen Nightmares and, like, so earnest. What a lovely, earnest, probable um, ex-criminal.
1: You know what I'm saying?
0: There's one more as well, actually. <laughs> so good.
1: Gordon got us this awesome computer. Does everything but wipe your <laughs> I'm afraid to touch it. I'm going to break it.
0: Okay. <laughs> I just love it. Gordon got us this awesome computer. Do everything except wipe your ass for you. Dude can't even speak properly or maybe had a few drinks. But like so funny. I just love that show. So what else have we got to chat about other than, well, what else is there to chat about other than Gordon Ramsay? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, all this stuff about how, how cool and normal the world is, um, is how I titled this note here in front of me. Everything is cool and normal, don't be alarmed. The ocean is on fire. There's been a heat wave in Canada which has killed shitloads of people. Antarctica recorded a new record temperature of 18 point something degrees, um, above Celsius zero that is. And Australia came dead last in the UN, um, ranked on climate action and climate policy. Dead last out of 193, that's 193rd place for Australia. And none of that's on the ABC and kind of anywhere to be found um, like news.com or I don't know. There's like, there's a real absence of this stuff in our news, I think. And it's so, it, Well, I mean, for me, it's way more important than, I don't know, like so-and-so is a hairdresser and her small business has been affected by COVID. Cool. Thanks for that headline. Um, I'm here for news, actually. How I mean, like news just doesn't exist, does it? It's so, it doesn't anymore. I think news only exists in your head, your news that is. Uh, my news lives in my head, your mate's news lives in um, their heads and like that's all there is because all I think all you can do now is pretty much do what you do with surf reports and amalgamate everybody's different reports of things and come to your own, um, I guess, educated assumption of what the conditions are. And that's the news as well. You just got <laughs> to take it all with a big old pinch of salt water and think, well, that's probably not true, but, um, but I'll bank it and I'll, um, I'll stack that against um, other things. I'll corroborate is a big word you might not know, but I just remembered. So we'll, we'll corroborate your, um, your evidence, exhibit 13 or whatever on a certain situation or beach and, and um, I won't know until I have the thing hit me in the face or there's sand between my toes. And, oh, sorry, by the thing hit me in the face, I mean, climate change is real and here's the bushfires. Oh, fuck, okay, right, got it. And it's like, yeah, it's pumping in six foot and, oh, fuck, it's actually eight to ten foot and it's like the last two days. Whoa. <laughs> what a few days, guys. I, yeah, I know you just want to talk about it more too. So, And I've just been like, you know, just trying to figure things to talk about other than surfing for the last half an hour. Um, but, I mean, what a day. What a day. Just unreal. And actually you know what I was thinking yesterday as well is there was uh there was some a few bad drop-ins but nowhere near as many as I would have expected for a really one of Australia's busiest beaches on the day of days. And that was kind of cool and I don't know what to make of it but it's made me think about that thing I talked about with Rob that thing that I talked about with I think I talked about it with Nick Carroll and Bob McTavish as well. Like we all know that the world will be a better place if everyone did surfing because I do surfing, you do surfing, we all do surfing. We all know we're way better people for it. And so if that's the case, then wouldn't it make sense for everyone to surf except, oh, wait, no, we hate crowds. We hate crowds so much. We hate people shoulder hopping. We hate people chandeliering. We hate people even looking at it from the beach when we're sitting out there. And and because it just feels, <laughs> as a surfer, there's no such thing as enough. And I don't know. It's this like scarcity complex thing of what really is going to be an infinite resource. There's always going to be more waves. But we still experience the scarcity complex. So whatever that says about human beings, uh, whatever. But... I've been thinking that that's just total bollocks. I don't think I think we don't, we don't even need to talk about that anymore because we just need to get more people in the water. Full stop. Full stop. For for more of this feeling, man. It's if you've never surfed before, going out in the surf and getting the energy of the sea like that. It's like when you okay, maybe okay, here's a okay. Headphones up and think about a really big Chinese gong and it goes or one of those like Tibetan things that does the same thing or some sort of other Southeast Asian instrument. Um, Think about that noise and how that you feel that in your fingertips uh, as well as in your ears um, through your eardrums and everything and, and your brain and Going in the surf in, in long period, powerful ground swell is like that noise, but instead of hearing it in your ears, you feel it in your whole entire body, which I guess includes your ears, but also mainly your chest and everything. It's like your whole body is going just... And it's like... I'm going to, this is why we like, don't talk about it probably because there's no way of fucking talking about it. How do you possibly explain what that is to someone who's never felt it? And so of course more people need to feel it, which is why we're so happy that people like Rob O'Hara and Waves of Wellness exist to go and push more people into the waves, put that feeling directly into their chests and just Spread the stoke around so that everyone gets a little more connected. And then at the end of connection, we're better people doing better things for the planet, better things for our mental health, both the same thing, but but also just being better. Do you know what I mean? And then it's just worth doing. If you've never surfed, it so is. And I'm almost, I believe it so much now that I'm almost a bit embarrassed that I like thought that was a real kind of thing to think about. I mean, crowds suck. (laughs) He still says, (laughs) (laughs) crowds suck man but 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 there's a way to do it there's a way to do it and there there, there's always enough for everybody so well but it also just sorts itself out doesn't it like like you can there's being in rhythm and there's not being in rhythm but the better surfers get more waves than the beginners put it that way so the crowds kind of self-regulate, but the drop-in stuff sucks. But anyway, yesterday there wasn't too much of it. And and like today, here I am. Like I still haven't surfed yet. I'll surf later. But I've surfed every day for the last 10 days until I couldn't anymore and woken up like with shoulders that are made out of like blue cheese. and then And then I've slowly massaged them back into... Human flesh throughout the course of a morning, and then done the same thing again that afternoon. And now I'm just like toast. I, it's what a feeling, man. I haven't had this level of surfed outness since being on a surf trip. It's so rare that it happens at home. Such a treat. And you know, <laughs> I'm going to be in love with this memory for sure, man. You're in love with the memories. I will be. And, and, oh, Dude, I I stumbled on something quite big the other day, I think, by accident. An idea that I've uh, been thinking about and interacting with for a little while as far as, you know how cooking, actually you and I have talked about this before, you do the day before thing in cooking where stuff always tastes better the next day and there's some magic that goes on in the fridge overnight and and the be- I find the better I've become at cooking the more I utilize that as a function of it as far as cooking things in advance of eating them to make sure that all the shit inside develops to its maximum flavor potential. And I think the same thing happens with thinking thoughts, guys, and also meeting people. And I'll explain these two things. So the thinking thoughts thing, like you have your ideas that you've encountered and you've that have taken root in your brain as though like they're just whatever, birds in a tree, and and now they're part of you and you, you have these ideas and you understand them and embody them in whatever way you understand them. But that changes depending on the other birds in the tree and all the other ideas and blah, blah, blah. They're just constantly changing. But I think that's the same whatever undisclosed unquantifiable thingo that is it's the same dynamic as what's making the food amazing and developing all the flavors even though nothing's going in or out of that fridge you know and i think it's also the same as meeting people because when you meet someone for the first time that that first impression thing i don't think it's just about saying the right words you know, smiling and doing all the normal, nice things that you do, cour- courteous things or whatever. But like, I've noticed that after I meet people, I think about, it's almost like there's a leftover resonance of that interaction. And if even if someone's been really nice, you can kind of tell if it's bullshit or someone might've been super weird. But you're like, wow, there was a there was a buzz going on with that person. I'm pretty like that was whatever you know. But there's some leftover reaction that's fermenting, and I think that's the same as the food development dynamic. Whatever this dynamic is, I think science slash self talk podcast with Lucky Roland, um, which is a combined being at this point in time, um, I think we're about we're knocking on the door of something. big here. We're about to uncover. I think. When we do, I mean, what are we even going to call that? Juju or like, no, Stoke. Why wouldn't we just call it Stoke? That's the, that's the little gauge in the top of the screen next to your physical health gauge, your mental health gauge. I guess this would be your idea, ecosystem, health. Maybe spiritual health is right next door. Whatever, where the GTA character running around and we've got all our little health bars going, that's the one that I think we're going to start paying way more attention to than we are right now, which is just the juju meter. It's a stoke meter, and it's telling us how much of that connection feeling we've been absorbing, and is it enough? And I reckon it's going to have a major bearing on the other gauges, guys. This is like this is like if Red Bull, maybe this is what, what Red Bull has done, is just literally there's a new dial on the dashboard of their Formula One car, and Mercedes don't have it and it's as simple as that and then now suddenly Verstappen's just he's the man to beat and anyway maybe that's the same thing as this GTA analogy for human life experience that you and I are talking about as far as these gauges of how we're doing the more the better and they're all they're all in sync with one another in some way and and science knows that you know that i know that and and it gets proved to us every time we go surfing simple Anyway, I think that's probably I think that's probably enough for this week, this episode. Don't say this week, Roland. Let's not say this week because who knows when the next one will be. But for this episode, that's enough of um, the English things that I'm not so good at anymore. <coughs> oh, that was the other thing I was gonna tell you. Here's how cute my mum is, ready? My mum said the other day, sometimes I think that people follow me on Instagram just so I follow them back. And, and I just love my mum so much. So so anyway, um, thank you for listening to this again. Amazing. And I hope you've been scoring, dude. And if you haven't, get into it. If you're one of those people that says, I used to surf, um, I hate to tell you, you never did. Because if you did, you'd, you'd never say that you stopped. But um, but get back into it. Get back into it. Prove it to yourself. Because it's it's just the best. Oh my, okay, I'm going. I'm going surfing. You and I are going to talk next time. And you know why? Because I like it.
1: You know what I'm saying?
0: So, talk to you then, bye! (laughs) And that, my dear, is fucking delicious.